0: I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome everybody to episode 539 of the podcast. I am happy as always to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got an incredible guest for you guys today. NFL legend and recently enshrined Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Edger and James joins me on First Class Fatherhood. I had the honor of sitting down with the Edge to do this interview in person live from his condo down in Miami. Edger and James, of course, played his college football for the Miami Hurricanes, uh, where he set a number of records and would eventually be inducted into the University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame. He would go on to be selected with the fourth overall pick in the first round of the 1999 NFL Draft by the Indianapolis Colts, and he would become the NFL Rookie of the Year. He also played for the Arizona Cardinals, helping them reach Super Bowl 43. He finished his career with the Seattle Seahawks and retired in 2011. Over the course of his career, Edgerrin James made four Pro Bowls. He led the NFL in rushing two times. He was selected to the NFL 2000's All-Decade Team. He is in the Colts' ring of honor, and he is currently ranked 13th in the list of most NFL rushing yards in NFL history. This past summer, he was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all six of his children sitting front row. He's a class act and a first-class father all the way. I'm honored to have him on the podcast. Edger and James will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And as I mentioned there, I had the honor of sitting down with the Edge at his home in Miami, Florida to do this interview in person. It was recorded, so if you guys would like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and as I mentioned, Edger and James helped the Cardinals get to Super Bowl forty-three. His quarterback that year was Kurt Warner, who I've had twice on the podcast here. Also, I've had NFL Hall of Famers Terrell Davis, Deion Sanders, Tim Brown, Jim Kelly. The list goes on and on. I've had so many tremendous NFL dads on the podcast here. So be sure you go through the archives of the show and check them all out. And if you have an opportunity this weekend on Sunday... I will be interviewed by Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday, so you can check it out on your local channels, and it will be replayed at 2 p.m. on Fox News Channel. All right, so I'd love for you guys to tune in and let me know what your feedback is. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Edger and James. I'm Alec Lason. You're listening to First Class Fatherhood. What's doing, dads? I've got two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class. Fatherhood, first up, the NFL season is back, and the stands are packed once again with fans the way it's supposed to be. If you plan on taking your kids, going with your family, or going with the guys to the game, save $20 on your tickets by going to SeatGeek.com or using the SeatGeek app and use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you get to save $20 off your tickets okay and secondly you got to go to mypillow.com and save up to 66% off using my promo code fatherhood mypillow.com use the promo code fatherhood I'll tell you right now their pillows are great but their mattress toppers their towels their bathrobes are next level you got to check them out mypillow.com use the promo code fatherhood and you're going to save up to 66% off your order all right you got that guys SeatGeek save $20 on your tickets promo code over there first class my pillow, promo code over there, fatherhood. All right, two ways for you guys to save money and support First Class Fatherhood. All right, joining me now, First Class Father, NFL Hall of Fame legend, Edger James. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time and welcome to First Class Fatherhood. All right, thanks for
1: having me on. All right, let's start just like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Oh, I have six kids. I've got three girls, three boys. You know, they go from 24 to 14 i got a 10-year range
0: wow very cool yeah i got four kids myself we got three boys and then we got the girl on the fourth try otherwise i'd have five and i would be catching up to you but <laughs> we
1: got the girl and that was the name of that show oh okay yeah nah i got enough right now so it's right where i wanted that and everybody's doing exactly what i anticipated or expecting them to do very cool well obviously um you know
0: you're a legend in the nfl your nfl journey's been well documented Take me back, if you could, Edgar, into the beginning of your fatherhood journey. About how old were you when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Well, I, I had my first child, which is my daughter. Um, that's actually in law school right now. She, uh, I had, I had her when I was 18 at the University of Miami. You know, so it was one of those things that was a wake-up call to say, hey, you know, it's more than football. It's more than um, about me. You know, so it made me buckle up or really buckle down and really take things, take things more serious. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not living just for myself now. You know, I'm living for this child that I have to take care of. You know, me and her mom, we both were, we both were young, you know, so you know, when you have a child and you're young, the percentage is usually gonna work in your favor. No, so that means you had to step it up. And I knew as a father, I had to step it up. All
0: right, well said. And one, one thing I talk about a lot on my podcast, Adrian, is the fact that we got a fatherless crisis going on in our country. We got way too many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And I love in your Hall of Fame speech, when you were thanking your mom, you said, hey, he was no guy. Was, I was your man. And I think it was important uh, for a lot of people to hear that. And I always make the stipulation to say it doesn't take anything away from single moms like your mom that are working miracles out there. But it's not to say kids that grow up without a father um, uh, are going to end up in a correctional facility. But 85 percent of kids that don't have a father in the home uh, that are in a correctional facility come from a fatherless home. So uh, did you have any other kind of like father figures growing up or who took on that uh, father role for you? Did you find it in sports or who took on that role for you? It was a combination
1: of uncles, family members, um, friends. You know, you you meet people along the way, you know, along the way you'll meet all these different people that are somewhat guide you. Sometimes they're directed, some of them are indirectly. And it's just a matter of the person being receptive to it. You know, my mom did a great job of making sure she surrounded me around manly men. She made sure she put me with people that would actually have my best interest and also teach me stuff. You know, so it's one of those things where you can look at it both ways. Not saying that growing up without a father in the home is a good thing or a bad thing. It's one of those things it's it's all about how you use and how you deal how you deal with it. Because I know a lot of people that grew up with fathers and they're not as independent as some others that that, that didn't have fathers, you know. So it's all dependent on how it's looked at and how it's received. You know, for me, you know, I don't know what I would have been like if I had somebody kinda carrying the load or kinda positioning I'm doing everything for me I don't know you know so there's no knock on either way I just think it's all about perception I mean perspective I think it's all about perspective and how people look at it and view it and what you do with it yeah and well said and that's why I made that uh, stipulation to always say it doesn't take
0: away from the single moms out there and it's not to say every kid who grows up without a father is going to be homeless but 90% of homeless kids come from a father's home and those stats always line up whether that's teenage suicide teenage uh, pregnancy teenage drug use so um, you know, it's important to have the father in the home. And then switching into this then, Edrin, what would you consider to be the top values that you hope to instill in
1: all your kids growing up? Well, you always want them to be be disciplined. You know, once once they become disciplined, everything else can kind of fall in line. And, you know, you won't always want them to become an independent. You know, because if you look at the way things go and you look at the leverage from the opposition, it's usually because of somebody's dependent on something, you know, if you make, if you keep them independent, you know, that gives, that that gives them a better chance of being who they truly are and who they really want to be versus having to become something or do something that they really don't want to do. But because of their situation, they have to kind of abide by those rules. And that's kind of the way the world is. You know, I try to make sure all my kids are independent, especially my daughters. You want to make sure they're independent and once you take care of that part, you know, you just start doing things the right way. You don't try to reinvent the wheel. You know, you just try to do things the right way and try to make sure that they're, you know, they have a nice foundation. They know they always have a father in their corner. And so anything that they have going on, they're going to have 100 percent support so they can really go out and be whatever it is they aspire to be. Yeah, great stuff. And then right on that with the discipline portion of it. What type of disciplinarian are
0: you as a dad and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Well,
1: as a dad, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, there's a transition, you know, when you, when you first become a father, you know, you kind of take on the approach that was, that that you came upon. And as you get a little older, you start saying, okay, yeah, this is not the way or this is the way you have to do it. So it all varies, you know, for me, it's more of, you know, you, you positioning them and you kind of, you kind of putting everything in front of them. You're putting everything in front of them and you're saying, okay, look, these are the results. If this happened and, and if, if this don't happen, these are the results. And you have to you have to understand that there's consequences. You know, in life there's consequences. So you have to say, okay, look, look at your options. Understand that if you don't do this in school, this is what's gonna happen. If you don't do these things over here, this is what's gonna happen. And I think everybody wants to make the right decision. You know, I don't think nobody goes out and say, I'm gonna make the wrong decision. I think you know once the this, once the the results or the you know the the ramifications are put in front of a person, that helps. You know, so I try to paint a picture to all my children early and say, "Okay, look, this is what happens when you go down this road. This is what happens when you go down this road," and most people they want to do things the right way. Yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff, and. and- one thing I know just from being a son at one point in my life, too, like we always look up to our dads, and we, uh, we, as a son, I want that uh, approval of my father. Having a dad that is a, an NFL legend and, and a Hall of Famer, uh, that could be a lot of pressure for a young man, too. So ha- how has that relationship been with your kids, especially your, your sons, that to make sure that they don't have to feel that pressure, that they have to live up to your you know, your legacy or something like that?
1: Well, you know, I have, I have um, two sons that play sports. You know, and one of them play basketball, one of them play football. And the one that plays football, you know, he's still having to play the same position I play. So the expectations are there. You know, you have to take the good with the bad. The good is, you know, okay, I'm going to give you all the information, all the know-how, all the tools that it's going to take to be a successful player. The bad is the expectation is so high that it don't give you a chance to develop. You know, people instantly want you to be like your dad or better than your dad or they're always going to judge you. So for so for some, it, you know, it, it could go either way, you know? And it's one of those things where, you know, as a father, you sit back and say, okay, you know, these are the things that I have to do to kind of help them because they're not growing up with the same um, situation that I grew up in. You know, I grew up and, you know, it really meant something that I had to, you know, I had no way out, you know, they have a way out, you know, so it doesn't mean as much to them not saying that they're not going to give it their all but is it something that's a little bit deeper inside you that you have to find to actually become this top-tier player, you know? And I, I can't say a person that has everything can actually find it from that. You know, you can't find it, oh, if I don't play well, I'm not gonna be able to take care of my family. That's not the case. So you have to find your own reason. You have to find your own why that's gonna drive you, hopefully, is hey, I want to be better than my dad, so that drives you, you know. So those are things that you have to deal with when you, when you have kids that's trying to play sports and they're trying to um, actually emulate you or better you, you know. You're going to try to give them as much information as you can, you're going to try to put them in the best situation as possible, but at the same time, some things that you can't do nothing about because we grew up in under two different situations.
0: And, and have you ever gotten involved with um, uh, coaching your kids as they played any of their sports? Did you always kind of step back from that and kind of coach them from the sideline or from home? You
1: no, know, I've always started my kids off. I made sure that I start them off because, you know, if you be around, I'm, I'm very active in the youth football and, you know, and in the community. And I want to make sure that they learn the right way from the beginning. You know, they don't want to try to come and have to fix anything. So it was very important for me to start with them from the beginning and say, okay, yeah, this is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. This is how you tackle This is how you do these basic things. Because if you start out the wrong way, it usually carries over, you know, and you don't want them to be where they're 12, 13, 14, and they got to kind of relearn something, you know. that's That takes away from your advancement. Uh, yeah, and on that,
0: Edrin, a difficult decision for a lot of dads out there uh, is whether or not to let their kids play tackle football Uh, with whether or not we know true or false reports about CTE uh, makes it even that much more difficult. So what would you say, would you feel is a good age for young kids to start
1: playing tackle football? You know me, I I can only go from my personal experience and I started at eight years old, you know. So for me, I have to stick with what I know because I'm what I would call living proof. You know, I can't sit up there and go against what somebody else may say, but my kids, you know, eight years old, I think it's time that you can start playing football, but learn the right way. And I think that's where the problem starts, sir. You know, if you learn the right way, you learn the proper way to tackle, it. learn the proper way to take care of yourself and protect yourself. The percentages work in your favor. And I learned at an early age; and football was part of our lifestyle. You know, and so it wasn't that big a deal, and it really wasn't something that was, you know, that was pointed out or really came across as a bad thing. It was the expected thing. Now that you have all these things going on and people are coming up with um, the reasons why, you know, the aftermath or later on in your career, you know, so it's, it's, it's only right. They pay attention to it and they try to figure out what's going to kind of help the situation. But for me personally, I have to go with what I know. Very cool. And I know for myself with the four kids, one of the things that's difficult
0: is getting that one-on-one time with each one of them because I know how important it is for them and they all have their different interests and likes. So I'll try to make it like whether I'm going to the supermarket or something, bring a kid with me that I haven't spent enough time with that week and just have some isolated one-on-one. I would imagine it gets more challenging with six of them. How do you kind of work that? Do you you have like one-on-one time with each kid or or do you try to do it more with them all together?
1: No, it all depends on what's going on. But each one of my kids, you know, we have – we have our one-on-one. We have all our time, and it's gotten better over the years, especially with them going off to college. You know, I have three daughters in college, and you know, I see all of them at different times. And I get a chance to see them in uh, in a different light, you know, because now you know they're growing up. You watch them go. You, you put you take them to the dorm. You set up their dorm, and you get them set to go into college. And you know, for me, every night, every every night, my daughters they have to call you know so that's one thing one rule we had in place every night they're going to call at some point in time they're going to call it might be a 15 second might be 30 seconds might be a minute might be an hour conversation but it's all dependent on them but as a father I'm always there and I'm available to them you know and with my boys sports make it easy you know that makes it easier because you there's a natural interest in what you're doing and then I have one son that doesn't play sport so you have to become a little bit more creative and kind of find things that that appeals to them and so i've always made enough time for each one of them because it's it's, it's too much time in a day to not be able to do it but you can't have, you can't have wasted movement you know you got to kind of know exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it and i've i've kind of created a nice situation where i'm able to accomplish that
0: yeah that's awesome because I know my oldest son became interested in chess at a young age and it's a game I never played before in my life, and I learned how to play it now everyone in the family loves it, so we play it all together, so it's kind of like getting behind whatever their specific interest is yeah I,
1: and that's and that's where it starts at you know you know you can it's easy to to when they play sports or when they do something that you naturally do, but when they're doing some things that you don't normally do that's when you have to have a reality check and you have to say, okay yeah well, how do I Get myself involved in this. How do I get myself involved in that? And I, I've, I've always, if my if my child wants to do something, you know, I'm gonna try to connect the dots. I'm gonna try to do everything that I could do. My daughter wants to be a singer. We're putting on shows and we're doing We're doing concerts. You know, I built the studio. I've got her singing lessons. I have everything with the best of the best. And my other daughter, she wanted said she wanted to become a plastic surgeon. You know, I made the connection with Dr. Miami. She's down there. She goes in. She she gets a chance to go in the operating room. You know, so it's a, it's a lot of things that you can do to kind of help the cause. You know, you say, okay, like, this is what they want to do? Let me get behind it. Let me use all the resources that I have to see if we can, we can really see if that's what they really want to do, you know. And that's one of the most challenging things because they can blurt out they want to do this, but you have to be kind of sold on them wanting to do something before you go invest in all those things because it gets expensive, you know. And you have to say, okay, does this make sense to do it? And for me, it makes sense because, you know, you have the child's attention and along those talks about what they want to do. You also implement these things with, with um, about life and life lessons and helping them advance.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned Dr. Miami. there. I had him on the podcast about a year ago. Really good guy. Good dad himself, too. Um, So and then Edrin, my youngest is my only girl. She's seven years old right now. So I'm not looking forward to her getting a little older and taking her to the dorms just yet. But I know eventually that's coming. So I'm trying to kind of callous my mind for when that time comes. How do you? How did you kind of handle? What kind of advice did you give when your kids became old enough? Especially you know your girls came old enough to start hitting that dating scene.
1: Well, that's one of the things it's, is like you just first of all you want them to become old enough. You know you want them to become an adult, you know, and I always tell them, you know, you're gonna make a better decision at 17 than you would at 16, and you're gonna make a better decision at 18 that you would at 17. So you want to buy as much time as possible, and you want to try to make sure that you you kind of put things in front of them to say, hey, look, these are the things that happen, these are the things that go on, and if they have a nice foundation, they have a solid foundation, it's gonna be hard for them to crack. And that's why I try to make sure that make make good decisions. You know, don't go out here and be out of control or doing things that would embarrass myself, yourself or the family. You know, make sure you're doing things the right way. And you always go back to say, oh, if you did something and it appeared in the newspaper the next day, would you be embarrassed? You know, would you be proud? You know, so you just paint pictures like that. And for them, everything works itself out because you have things laid out. And once you have, once you give them enough information, they're going to make the right decision. And, and the fact that they know that you're there and you're paying attention, that makes it even better.
0: Yeah, wow, incredible. Yeah, beautifully said, Adrian. And what was it like? Obviously, you were just newly minted here with the gold jacket into the Hall of Fame, and i seen your kids all sit in front
1: row. What was that like for you, that moment there, to be able to have your kids there uh, for your enshrinement in the Hall of Fame? Oh, that, it was a big deal because it's one of those things to wear. You know, it's a big moment for myself, but it's still putting them on display saying, "Okay, look, I'm your father. You know, this is what a father does. A father acknowledges his child. You know, a father gets behind whatever they're doing and not ashamed or embarrassed behind it. You know, it's like, "Okay, look, you got to take pride in your children. You know, I always take pride in my children. and I make sure that they're aware of it, too. You know, good or bad, you know, I'm going to get behind you, but let's try to be on the good, be more on the good than anything.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, your legacy is secure in the NFL now, minted into the Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame forever. Uh, So your legacy is tight there. What would you say you want your legacy to be as a dad?
1: I just want to be – I want all my kids to be successful. You know, I always – I had six kids. I want to be six for six, you know, with college degrees and becoming independent and doing what they're supposed to do, putting better people into this world. You know, you don't want to just have children just to have them. You want to say, okay – what kind of impact could they have on this world? What kind of impact could they have on our culture? You know, how can they go out here and lead by example? You know, I try to make sure I position them, let, let them understand, okay, how important it is to do charitable work, how important it is to kind of get behind your people, how, how important it is to actually just be an example of what a person can do, not so much as fall into the stigma of, I don't have my mom, or I don't have this, I don't have that, you know. It's like, okay, look, I didn't have this or so I I came up in this situation, but look what I was able to accomplish. And I think that's part of the American dream. You know, everybody looking at it and saying, man, look, I'm coming from this situation, but I end up with this because the opportunity was presented and I didn't just let it go by the wayside. You know, I took advantage of it. And
0: yeah, incredible stuff. And I know as the kids get older from myself here, uh, the homework gets harder. So like when my older one comes and is trying to get some help in math, I'm kind of out of the loop. But if I don't have Google by me, I'm of no help to them. Do your kids, you ever help them with the homework? Do you have a, see, history is something I can help out with. Uh, I'm a big reader and stuff like that. So I have a little bit better. Is there one particular subject that you able to help your kids out with when it comes to homework?
1: No, nah, with the homework, you no, know, we let the tutors do that. You know, I'm helping them out with life. You know, that's, that's, that's the biggest assignment. You know, I try to make sure that they are taught about life, life experiences, you know, the school stuff is, for me, school is all school is always easy, you know, So, but you have tutors, and that's what they do, you know. So I'd rather say, okay, put the tutors in front of them, let them teach them or let them help them, but I'm going to always be there to guide them. But for me, it's more about, okay, how can I help them advance in life? So that's the, that's the ultimate subject.
0: Yeah, and one thing I know that you didn't have uh, to deal with growing up, uh, uh, neither did I, is the social media, the technology has advanced uh, you know, greatly uh, in the last decade here, and especially social media, could be a, it could be a terrible thing, it could be a good thing. Um, how have you kind of been able to handle or monitor like the social media stuff with them being a celebrity or being a big name? Uh, has that helped them or hurt them on social media or do you kind of have any restrictions on what they're allowed to do online? How does that kind of work out?
1: You know, when I first um, when they first came of age, you know, I used to say, Okay, stay off social media unless you're about a product or a business. If you have a business you want to push, okay, yeah, we can get on social media. You know, but as they got older, you know, you start saying, Okay, you know what, it's okay to actually use it, but use it with taste, use it the right way, don't embarrass yourself. So and for them it's more about them just being on their being to interact with people and they understand, you know, the pitfalls of being on social media. And none of my kids have actually taken to it like that. They're not into it to where that's all they're doing is posting and putting things up. I told like, they, they all know that we're private. So they're not going to be posting private things or things that, that, that a family matters, you know, they're not going to go to social media. They just move, use it more for the fun and the games of it. And it hasn't been a problem to date.
0: How about as far as your boys with playing, uh, are they into Madden? Do they play Madden? Do they use you in the game?
1: Do they, are they big into uh, playing the video games with football? Well, they used to play the games, you know, but now, you know, I think they're kind of outgrowing the games. You Number know, one, he plays basketball. So what we do is we, we actually use it as a way for you to kind of enhance your basketball IQ, make sure you're aware of the different players, make sure you're not learning all the different things about the sport, not just being on there playing a the game. But utilize it, learn. If you want to be a basketball player, know every aspect of it. And I think those video games have actually advanced to a point to where they're actually showing real stuff that you can utilize as an aspiring athlete. And so I take that approach, say, OK, use the game if you need to use the game to learn stuff. Get as much information as possible, you know, because that's going to help you become a better player.
0: Wow, yeah, very interesting. And well, what's next for you here? Obviously, uh, enshrined in the Hall of Fame here this year. Well, what kind of goals or plans do you have here? What's coming up next for and James? Well, I'm
1: just gonna continue going. You know, I'm gonna continue doing business. I'm continue taking care of my kids, and just moving forward. You know, there's no dull moments in my life. You know, I keep things going. I keep things exciting. And I always try to make sure that you know I'm, I'm having fun with whatever I'm doing. So there's a lot of growth, and you want to lead by example. You know, I know there's a lot of people that. Come from situations that I've come from, and they're watching. They're paying attention. So you always want to motivate people. You always want to show them that it's possible. And every day I'm out here show, showing or trying to trying to inspire people to say, "Okay, it's possible. It's, po- it's possible to have this and do this." Because I come from where you come from, and that's pretty much the gist of what I'm doing overall. You know, because I love business. I keep business going, and that won't stop. But it's fun. And everything that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, and part of that American dream you spoke about before is about being able to say, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And then turning around and helping the next guy come up the ladder too. So I, I love what you're doing and I love what you stand for. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, Adrian, I love to ask all the dads that they get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening?
1: Oh, any, for, a new, for a new father, you know, I always encourage them to just be there. You know, being there is bigger than financial is bigger than anything you know and that's that's where you see a big gap that you look at the things that go on a lot of time we have kids in situations that we really don't we really don't want to or really didn't we really didn't intend to and it creates a distance between the child and the father and I just tell any father no matter what I don't care where you're at financially from a financial aspect just make sure you're there you know and that's one thing that's very important, you know. They have donuts with dad. Get up in the morning. Go to donuts with dad, you know. If they have a practice or anything, just show up. Just be there. You know, being there, it 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 kinda solves so many problems, you know, because, you know, a lot of times these kids they don't have support and they don't have somebody to look to. And when they can look in the stands or they can turn around and they say that's my father, they don't have to lean, lean on somebody else's father. You know, they don't have to sit up there and you know, be where, okay, they're sitting around like some everybody else's father's there and their father's not there. You know, you just want to – you just want to – you want to encourage any new father to just be there no matter, way, no matter what your situation is. Just try your best to be there.
0: Yeah, very well said. I love the message. I got to say this has been an honor for me, Edwin James, your first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes to your time. All, right. all time. right, thanks for having me. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Edger and James for giving me a few minutes of his time here and allowing me to join him at his condo down there in Miami to do this interview in person. Such an honor. Hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Uh, Today's episode was sponsored by SeatGeek. So if you guys are NFL fans looking to buy NFL tickets, buy them on the SeatGeek app or use SeatGeek.com and use my promo code FIRSTCLASS. You're going to save $20 on your tickets, and you're going to help support First Class Fatherhood. All right? SeatGeek.com promo code first class make sure you follow me on instagram at alec underscore lace for all the upcoming guest announcements that's all i got for you guys today don't forget uh check me out i'll be uh, interviewed by chris wallace on fox news sunday this weekend uh, so tune in for that i'll be rebroadcasting it on my instagram account now that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers